You're going to be so glad that you tuned in into this podcast. Hi, I'm George Lynch in Legendary Gear. This podcast, we're going to talk about two of the major things that uh, people call about, ask questions about all the time, and it's two of them. One is, which goose call do I pick? How do I know which goose call is good for me? And number two, what do I do when my call doesn't work out in the field? This is a very good podcast, guys. It's going to be short and sweet. We're not going to drag it on, but uh, we're going to talk about each style of the calls that we make. Each one has a purpose. Uh, each one is tuned to that fine line. And uh, we're going to tell you what they are and how I like to use them on each occasion, which we've covered in other podcasts. But we're going to get really just short and sweet of the meat and potato of that call. I'm not going to try to get too fancy for you guys. And you'll kind of get the, the logistics of it how it runs and you want to see which one works for you. The most important one is that uh, the question that we get from people all the time, you know, hey, I got out to the field, my call was working, man, it's been working, all of a sudden I went out to the field, it wouldn't work, it's locked, it's like it's stuck, it wouldn't, wouldn't move. And that's a great question and it is a serious problem, but it's an easy solution. Now, we did the hard part when tuning that call, and that is the shaving of the reed and setting it into the gut. And even though we have our guts are precise and they're molded, and with the molding, you can still get some uh, differences in, in, in that product right there. And even in the reed, as we punch into that reed, you know, a majority of the time when you're sitting there, especially when you're working with unbroken in guts, you don't have to be near as careful. Basically, even if the reed was, wasn't made for that gut, enough running of that call over the years, that reed will break its own path trying to get into that, uh, to that, that tone channel. That's why it's so important that when you have a good broken set of guts, that reed, that, you understand, that is from years of several reeds that you've tuned into that call that is slapping up against that tone channel, going into that precise ridge, that, 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 that channel that is made by that, by that reed to break that in further. And what that does, that allows more um, reach into that tone channel. It's gonna give you a, a lot different sound. It's gonna be able to get a lot of the trick notes. To me, it, the big difference is it's a lot smoother on your transition of your notes. So with that said, Let's gonna go. I'm gonna go first with the with each call and why and uh, we use the calls that we do. The number one call that we're gonna go with is probably our most best-selling call would be the old man. Now this old man is one that we just got in um, in African Blackwood, and I just tuned this one up. This is just came in on hot off the press. I love this African Blackwood. It's the first time that uh, I've actually made a call with African Blackwood. I love the, 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 the tonal channel of it, the resonance sound of it, and uh, very easy to, to tune up uh, using our Game Changer Broken In Guts. And, uh, but this call, do I run it all the time? No, this call for me was designed for two specific purposes. Number one is for that guy who wants to run a call and get an easier running call, call that doesn't take a lot of air, call that he can get that deeper sound without having to manipulate his voice inflection and control his air at the same time. It, it's gonna help break over. It's just got that large, it's gonna have that large goose sound. It basically, in a nutshell, it's an easier call to get that deeper, uh, large honker that you're looking for. And because of that, 
that there are situations I have one on my lanyard that especially uh, and I was just discussing with a with a friend the other night on the phone you know he's from Illinois and they're they're hunting geese and they were having a tough time um, they were doing good on the migrators but the local birds they were kept flaring out they couldn't pull them in they couldn't finish them and the base way to, basically the best way to explain that is that the migrators is new to the area they're new looking for the new, the new fields it's probably going to be more overwhelming to them and, and, and control their thought process to the new feed source than actually worrying about every little safe and, and danger that anything that's out of place that's in that field. Your local birds now, however, have no, they know the area, they know the spots, they know the areas where they haven't been hunted, they know the areas where they have been hunted, and I'm telling you, they also learn that sound and they learn the distance of that sound. And I'll explain that in a little bit, but the very important thing, so when I'm in an area and, I'm, and it could be in the same hunt that I'll have a ripper and I'll have an old man or I'll have you know the old man in an exit, but completely on the uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. So the reason I like that is so if I, it depends on the species of the goose that we're, we're seeing, especially in migration. You know, so if we happen to see a bunch of these lesser uh, birds, or, or excuse me, the local giants that are coming in, and it's just a small group of, of big birds, and, and, it, and a lot of times, and just like he said, the lower birds, they fly lower. And uh, years ago when I used to hunt down in Southern Illinois, the low birds were the toughest ones to kill. They were the birds that's been there, and usually they were the birds you didn't even blow at because they knew from A to B where they were going every day, didn't care, didn't listen to anything else. They heard it every day. So anyway, I like the old man. I like uh, using it when I basically know that I'm gonna hunt. I, I see a resident giant. I know a bird that it's a big bird. Um, he's gonna be a little bit more precise. You're gonna have to talk to him in, in, in a different language. So what I like to do with this, nothing fancy, again, the meat and potatoes. I like to take the old man and I use this and I do, I like to do what I call a spit moan, a spit moan, spit moan, get a little bit of a, a fast a murmur with a little cluck, a murmur with a little cluck, nothing fancy. I like to hit with a lot of low murmurs with a little high cluck at the end, low murmurs, high cluck at the end. If you've ever been blessed to be able to sit there and, you know, shoot your geese and, and if you're filming, shoot your geese and have them come in. And a lot of times if we kill our limit quick, a lot of guys will go out there in that field and they'll bring the truck and trailer and the birds haven't finished coming to this field. So they're out there setting and, and, and putting everything, high-fiving, let's get our pictures, you know, let's get it on Facebook. Well, what they've done, they're, they're educated all those other birds that are wanting to come in this area. So especially in the morning times, you know, in that morning or evening, either way. But when those birds are coming in in the morning and boom, we happen to shoot, you know, our, our limit in two or three flocks. If there's a, a and there's if it's a hot day and they're still coming, I'm telling you the best thing to do is we sit in our blinds, we shut up. What a great time to sit there, use your calls, lightly work them, try to get an idea and get the feel what it's what works and what doesn't work. But you're going to start listening to their sounds because what you're going to do is start letting them land. And uh, we've been blessed. We'll sit there and we filmed and, and and finished out quick and had these birds land all around us. I mean, almost on the blind. And it's so cool to basically listen because now I'm not concentrating on shooting a bird. I'm concentrating on the vocalization and I'm concentrating on everything, how they're reacting and the birds in the air are reacting. So, but mainly I'm look, concentrating on those on the ground. Birds in the air when they're still up there, those are the ones that we're gonna shoot and kill 
on the grounds are the ones that we need to mimic. And when you listen to those birds, you're going to hear a lot of they're just doing that murmur with a little clock. It's a little fullness. He's feeling his oats a little bit. You know, he's come down and he's not sure of the people around him. They all look like strangers. So he's kind of setting that tone that, hey, you know, I'm bad. Don't mess with me. But they have that little aggression. And again, it's their vocalization is based on emotions and understanding. So that's what I like about this old man. And I'm calling giant geese. So we're going to get going, and I'm going to talk about first see him spitting on. I want to get them a little excited, and they're coming in. Maybe they're going to shortstop me just about 10 yards short. Again, you see, it's slow, it's precise, and nothing, I'm not trying to get fast. I'm just trying to get that big honk. So that's the purpose. So that's the purpose of the old man um, doing that finesse, trying to get the, the big giant geese that we're going to be working on. So on the second call, for the guys who just want one call on their lanyard and don't want four or five calls on your lanyard, I would go with the Alpha. The Alpha was designed to be a great call on the stage. It was able to be created that it can do every sound, every range of note from the, the volume to, to having the big goose, small goose, so the speed and also the control for the for the trick notes. The Alpha was great on that, but since it works so great on the stage, it also works really good in the field. So this is more for the guy who wants to get a little bit more fancier, has a little bit more advanced calling technique than what he would use on the old man. Uh, this call could be the one call that you take to the field and would do everything. You can still get the big goose. You still get the speed. That's the alpha. For the guy who wants to have a little bit more aggressive call, you know, he wants to have, um, he wants to still have that big sound for hunting uh, giants, but then he wants something that he can break up and, and hunt migrators with. And to me, my favorite call would be this exit. 
for the exit there, it's big call, small call for me. Um, I have the control. I have the be able to know how to use my voice inflection, everything. I can make this call a big goose, but I love it. And my biggest thing is when I have to, and I want to turn on the speed and, and, and let the, put the pedal to the metal or the metal to the pedal, however you want to put it, this call right here, that one note, I'm one note away turning those geese right back you know, around, and I'm capable of doing it with this call. So this call has a great tone. Get the migrators. That call right there, the exit, that's a great call, the uh, way this is designed. But if you're looking for the call, and I would recommend the exit with the old man. So that's, you know, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't go alpha and exit. They're a little close. And to me, I want something really different on the spectrum. So this is a call that I would pair up with the old man. If you're hunting sitting there migrators or you're sitting on tough geese, uh, a call probably I use 50-50 uh, with the exit and uh, calling tough geese is would be the Ripper. This call is amazing. It has that tone. It's user friendly. It's kind of like with the exit too. The exit doesn't take a lot of different hand positions. You notice I kind of kept my hands in one place, controlled the call with my air in my throat. When you get to the Ripper, the Ripper is a shorter call. Um, it's going to have the same uh, length barrel. Actually, excuse me, it's a little bit smaller barrel, a tighter insert. But where you really get to it, you have a tight insert. Uh, the dimensions on the on the insert are a little bit tighter on this Ripper, and it's a straight bore. So that means my air is going straight in and straight out. Basically, my hands are either run in an open position or slightly closed. But this call. Or when those geese are way up there and you want to get that high pitch and that high crack that will carry a long ways. Great tones, actually an easy call to run. Um, the more air you put in, you can't overblow this call. You can't put too much air. This call will take the pressure, but it also is a, is a gentleman. It knows how it, when, when you back off to sit there and just give you those nice, uh, subtle little goose notes. All right, so we've talked about four of our goose calls in the Legendary Gear lineup. And the neat thing, or the interesting thing about these calls, and when we design these calls, you notice that 
between the old man alpha and even with the exit and the ripper that the barrel and insert a proportion or they're pretty close what we call being balanced into the call trying to give a call and even uh, even sound and giving the right air and giving the right back pressure and uh, even with the exit you'll see the exit the small but the barrel and the insert pretty much match up same way with the ripper again we call that a balanced call now there's two more calls in the legendary gear lineup that are two of calls that i really 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 like and i've actually uh one was in the original design and the second one is one that we came up later after trial and error and playing actually playing between the alpha and the exit and we came up with this call we we call the delta and the neat thing about this delta is that it has the barrel of the exit has the insert of the alpha so we have a short barrel longer insert tighter in here kind of still of a flare but it has you'll see we have that notch right there where i kind of like to lay my middle finger down and close these two off when i come down with my hand to really get that uh, hollow goose to it but this call it's uh, really neat to hunt with because this is a call if again if i'm hunting just basically giants, uh, local birds, birds that are, you know, your bigger birds are working in smaller groups, want a little bit more finesse to get them in. I like this call because I can still get the, the use of the alpha with a longer insert to get the deeper, more hollow sound. I have the advantage with the shorter barrel, giving me quicker air burst to give me sharper notes and quicker notes. I'll give you kind of a run of what the Delta. You see that Delta has good control at the end. It also has a quick, short air burst. This is a great call right here for you guys who um, look into, you hunt a lot of the giants, want to be able to kind of skip it back into some of the lessers that might come in. The Delta is a good choice. The second one would be actually, this call was designed in our original lineup. And uh, we never really advertised this call so much because, you know, here we're going and we're designing other calls and we're getting stuff trying to, to stay up on the market, trying to get everything uh, to, to hit the needs of all you guys out there in, in hunting and your calling style. But uh, this one here was that we had the Alpha and then we had the Omega. So we had the first and the last. And uh, for any of you guys who know Revelation, that's the Alpha and Omega. Um, this call right here has the, uh, now it's in the opposite spectrum. We have the longer barrel, we have the Alpha insert or Alpha barrel. But this insert on the Omega is its own brainchild. This is gonna, it's about the same length as the exit insert, but where the exit insert is a lot tighter, this on the Alpha is more open. It comes down to a thin, thinner flare at the end. I believe that gives a different pitch with the, the thickness of your acrylic. But also, instead of being a straight bore, this has a flared insert. So that flare inside starts out, comes, uh, they come together and back out. Kind of like an hourglass, I guess you would call it. This call is, uh, again, with our broken in guts, but this call, man, she's a killer. Um, 
if you like getting the deep goose but still having some speed, it's going to give me now a little more higher pitch. If you choose this, then, and it's going to be clearer, it's going to be a little clearer than the exit. It's going to be clearer than the delta and the ripper because of more of the open insert that allows to go through there. But man, let me tell you what, on big geese and lessers, this uh, little Omega is dynamite. I'll give you a run of this. seen the two different style calls we have the longer calls with calls that even barrel even insert and then we go to the delta and the omega which is long barrel short insert short barrel longer insert whatever you're calling style you owe it to yourself to try any of these we have a trial program so you know if you're not sure which call you want to get you can get uh any of these calls, you can get them together and get all six calls. I love that. You got 72 hours to run them, pick out which one you want. We started this when I owned Lynch Mob doing the trial program. And we believed in our product so much because we had so many people calling, hey, there isn't a dealer around here that carries your call. So I came up with this program and we believed in our call so much that we knew that if I could just get the call in the hands of the people, they were gonna like it. And uh, you know, the cool thing is, we had some guys who would order up, you know, four or five calls, and he would pick one or two that he liked, and his buddies would buy the other ones. And we also have the guy that we send three calls, and he, he uses it. He has a chance to try all three, and then sends the other two back. And the neat thing is, it, I feel better that you do that than buying a call, and then happen to be at a show or a dealer somewhere, and see one of our other calls and say, man, I... I Oh, this fits my style more. The dealer program, man, you can't beat it. it you got nothing to lose. And I would definitely give, give that a, a try and put one of these babies in your hand today. Again, we make a call for pretty much every style and every situation. You know, everybody says, I've had a lot of people say, not everybody, but a lot of people say, man, why do you have to make so many different calls and you can't build a house with a hammer? After 30 years of making calls, you know, one of the best compliments, I guess, is seeing all these new other call makers, seeing kind of your style of your calls uh, kind of being put into uh, these other call companies. And, and it's easy, you know, you get, you just, you measure the inside constriction and change the outside. And, but basically, you know, uh, there's been a few of us in this industry who kind of paved and laid the road work for a lot of you younger guys. And that's the way, and that's good. But, um, you owe it to yourself to try one of these calls, put them in your hands, try the trial program, and I truly believe that um, you'll be satisfied. And one of the things that I found is the biggest challenge as a call maker, and I mentioned this years ago, that you know it was easy when I first got in and we first started, and we did, we made calls that we I had an idea for a call, we made the calls that we like, and it was a longer call. I wanted to get a call that had the deep sound of a short read, but kind of a flute style sound, the deeper, um, trying to get uh, more of that big goose into a call. 
we did that. The call, it was our HL1. It was popular and that's what was the, it started for us, the first call. And then after that, you know, we started building other calls. Again, it was a call that I thought I would like and, and, and you passed that on. Well, as you get going in different parts of the country, you find out, wow, there's a lot of different calling styles and different techniques. And I will say this, that through 30 years of making calls, to me, the biggest challenge is not making a call that I like, but making a call for different styles that other people are going to like. That is different than mine. We all still know what Goose is going to be. It's all about changing. I might have to change the way I run my short read to the style that they might uh, run a call out in Washington and, and Oregon and Idaho and stuff like that. Uh, or the difference the way they might run a call in Eastern Maryland on the Eastern Shore or way they might run a call in Minnesota and stuff like that. So, you know, it's all different styles. So that's the reason why we make different calls. That was a challenge in, in legendary gear and all my years experience was being able to design these calls. And by doing that, we have learned so much that we scratched the surface in the beginning. We've opened the door. We've made huge headways and we're still growing. So that's a description on all of the different goose calls that we have, not getting into the speckle belly or, or the snow goose, but in the Canada call, each one is designed a different purpose. Each one uh, will run a little different. It's all for the situations. Again, we'll go over it. If you're hunting giants, the uh, big dog, excuse me, the old man is what I do on our high end. I forgot to mention the big dog. I wish I'd have had it here. The big dog is our molded acrylic line. To me, if it's the, you're just looking to get into goose calling or goose hunting and you're wanting to get a, a great call, the big dog is molded a lot off the same principles as the alpha. And it is, uh, we also use our broken in guts. I hand tune each one of the molded calls. I don't believe that you can, on the face of the earth, find a better goose call for under $50 than the big dog. And that big dog can be used as you're starting to when you get more proficient and maybe you wanna go up the scale for a different instrument. And if you don't, if you're one of those guys, you're just, hey Jack, I'm a meat killer, I'm a meat eater, I'm just about killing. You know, I don't need fancy things. I don't need the bells and whistles on my truck. I'm, I just drive a plain Chevy. Then that big dog is the call that you can use forever. You know, and it will run. Those guts will be, will be good. The only thing you'll have to replace, and that means because you use it, is the reed. And I'll get into, now we're going to talk about the reeds and the mylar. That's just a mylar. That's going to, you know, that's a thin laminated plastic as you would and it's gonna it's gonna delaminate over time nothing that it's a bad product or anything like that it's just the way of the nature it's only 14,000 thick and some guys who don't run calls very much don't put much air into it well bobby never delaminate a call uh, other guys i've seen uh, young men who run and and are entering contest they run such a stiff call unshaved call and they put so much into it that they will bust a reed, delaminate a reed every day, you know, every eight hours. There's some, I mean, these guys are, they're dedicated, they're talented, and, you know, they just, can, they can just tear the heck out and beat the heck out of a reed. And uh, what we'll discuss on that real quick before I get into the field, uh, retuning your call in the field, I want to talk about that, the mylar and, and the tuning and the shaving. Uh, everything is done in the shop. And you know that the, the, the work of, of shaving that reed is done in the shop. You don't have to worry about that. 
it uh, and the reed is shaved not actually to make the call run easier it's shaved to get the call to flex to get the different notes that you want remember the formulation for making a call sound is air creates vibration makes frequency so in that combination right there those two anytime i change my air and anytime i change the vibration I'm gonna change that frequency. So when you have that reed and that long sheet of reed right there, when you start raking across that and just shaving that, and you're taking, all you're doing is taking that from a 14,000s down to 11,000s, down to a 10,000s. Yeah, does it run easier? Sure, you're gonna be able to put uh, a little bit of uh, less air in it to get it to run. The problem with that is you totally lose the pitch of the sound of that call. You deaden that reed, you're taking it down too much. The vibration is, you got less vibration and less material going across there. A lot of guys and a lot of call makers and guys and tuners, they'll shave that whole reed because they really haven't caught on and, and know the, the techniques and the, the, the works behind a reed and a gut system and how it works and how to fine tune. You know, it's just like tuning your guitar. Each string has to be individually tune at a different tension and then the next one's at a different tension the next one's at a different tension and it gives all that beautiful sound and different tone as it goes through the the sequence well it's the same way on a goose call and that reed you know if i shave that straight across i'm basically got one bah, 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 sound going across there and number two, the bad thing about that is you're gonna start replacing more reeds because you're thinning that call so much that it's gonna start delaminating on those ends. So two bad things about that is it's giving you a monotone pitch. And number two, you're, you're ruining the life of that reed by doing that. Like again, some call makers, they do that because they haven't the knowledge or the experience knowing you know that that shaving that reed is a fine tuning of an instrument. And like I said, I've been doing this for almost 30 years, so it takes a lot of years and thousands of, of calls to truly understand what I'm doing with, with that X-Acto knife when I go to town on this thing. So I'm just gonna get into there. I don't wanna get too much about where I shave and, and what I do to get to different things, but I do know, you know, always be aware when someone says that they shave that whole reed to make it easier to run. You can make a call easier to run if you know how to tune your tone and your wedge and you know where to set that and you know where to scratch that reed. Enough said on that is. So now we're gonna to get to out in the field. Now you're out in the field in this call, man, I've been sitting in the house and, Oh man, this call sounds so good. Get out in the field, weather difference, things swell. I mean, it does, this is plastic guys. This is acrylics, extreme temperature affects everything. And, you know, I kind of compare this to a fine Lamborghini. It's got the motor to run, but they tune that motor right to the final edge to, to push it and get it to run to its extreme best. And that's what we do when I, when I tune these, these calls. They're a broken tone channel, but I push that reed as close as I can to the end of that tone channel because you've got that depth and you've got the volume to go down, the, the space to go down. It's gonna give me that deep and that hollow, but it's also gonna give me that sharp cluck and snap and a good train that I'm looking for. So being that you're on that fine line, um, whether, you know, say that you heard that, that run, 
But say you bumped that call super hard, or somebody messed with that call, and just a minute, and you hear that. You hear that? That means there's no clearing of that reed. It's catching. So what's going to happen in the field? Oh, man. This call sounded great the other day. What the heck? You know, I need a new call. Quick and simple, my friend. I'm going to show you right here how to fix this in the field, keep you in the field. All I got to do is it's very important. I'm going to put the old man glasses on if you don't mind. But it's very important you see where that's hanging up. All I'm gonna do is put my finger on that wedge. See that? And I'm gonna sit here, thumb and forefinger on the side of my tone channel. Oh, did you hear that pop and free up? Once I wiggle that, oh, it's still catching. You wiggle that. Oh, let's see, it's less. Oh, it's still catching just a little bit. We're gonna push her just a little more. Oh, now, see that? Nothing. Now, I don't want too big a gap. What you want to do is use that fine line, that Lamborghini engine. You want to just push that and clear. Once that clears, the second thing I want to do is make sure when you look th through there that the apex of that reed is exactly even inside the depth of that tone channel. It follows that, that oval of that tone channel perfectly. Per it, it lines perfectly. It doesn't catch. Now I take care of that back in the shop. I use files, I'll do everything. I alter that reed so it's perfect to match in there. That's a custom tune. And then we shave it so you don't have to worry about shave it. You just gotta get it back into that little spot. Wow, I'm in the field. Instead of putting that in my call bag, I gotta send that back to Lynch to fix that for me and get me back. I've done that that quick. <laughs> You see what I did? You're back in the field. You're still tipping toenails. An easy fix. Keep watching this video. Keep listening to this podcast, whatever, which one you got. Watch that over and over. It's a simple fix in the field. Um, it's the same way if you look, if say that if the guts did come loose and you have to tighten them up. A lot of times guys will mess with that call and try to retune it. You know, I, I get it to run, try to run in a perfect way in the field. If that does come loose and, and it isn't gonna run, pull those guts out, say they, they happen to come apart and you look and this is laying in the bottom of your call bag. I'm gonna show you real quick. We showed you how the reed sticks. I'm gonna show you real quick how to get yourself running. Old man glasses again. I'm gonna show you how to get you running in the field again if, you, if your guts are at the bottom of your call bag. I'm going to set that reed between my thumb and forefinger. I'm right-handed, so I'm going to put it in my left hand. I don't know if you can see that. That's just a starting point. We're going to take that wedge. You see that slant of that wedge? The slant is going to head north. It's going to be up the slope or go south. So what we're going to do, once we get that in there, that's going to set into this insert. Now you hear that? I pushed that down. And I like to start at my starting point, that wedge and that second, that first line on the bottom. I like to go just above that, pushing that reed till it's totally center and at the tip without catching. Once I do that, you see I put my thumb 
forefinger and my forefinger on the back of the gut, my thumb at the top of the wedge. And all I'm gonna do is take my left hand and right hand and push. Now me personally, I like to let it slide that tight as I can get it. Look at that, I slid that tight. That reed is mashed up. No big gaps, it's not clicking. Let's see what it sounds like when we put it together. There you go. Now that's how you put a call back together if your guts are in the bottom of your call bag. To get you going in the field, you don't have to send it back. Simple thing to do, but these are things that happen all the time. And so I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please, man, share it with your friends. Tell your buddies about it that they're who big goose hunters, you know, and uh, have questions about different calls, why we use different calls, why calls are made the way they are. But the biggest thing, too, how do I fix my call when I have problems in the field? Now, we're going to cover this on Duck later, too, and um, to help you out. But please, you know, click on this, subscribe, share it with a friend. Oh, one more thing I'm going to kind of point out to you. We did this in contests a lot of times. But that Mylar has a memory. It's 14,000. If, you you know, if I'm not running my call very much, and say I only ran it twice a week, and each time that I get my call, it's going to run, but it's going to have a little bit of flatness to it because that Mylar starts sinking. It has a little bit of sink to it. So what I like to do, I do it every day sometimes. If I'm, if I'm hunting, I'll do it two, three times out in the field, especially if I'm running migrators. But take your, I like to take the, my nail from my middle finger, thumb down, and all I'm doing is flip, flicking that reed. And I'm telling you, my friend, what that is. That is like putting steroids to that reed. I do the same thing to duck calls. We're going to go in another podcast, another video. We'll talk about how to repair your duck call, how to change things out in the field. But friends, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you uh, it helps you out in the field. I hope that it saves you from ever having to send a call back and with something that serious. Like I said, sometimes the reed will delaminate. We'll fix that. That's you know a problem. We shave specifically. Beware of the of people who say they shave the whole reed to make a call run easier. Like I said, it kills the sound and it also sh uh, kills the life of your of your reed. And if it was so important, why do contest callers never shave their reeds? Or they lightly shave like we do, you know, in different in different spots in different areas. It just took a lot of tuning, a lot of shaving to learn how to get what does what and, and uh, makes to get the the ultimate effect you know uh, use out of your call the sound so anyway guys i hope all that is going to help you out in the field i hope it helps you you know so you never have to send a call back it's going to you know it's a simple fix this is a simple uh, quick way to show you even though it's still it's amazing a lot of guys don't know this and it's such a quick fix you'll end up sending this back to me it takes a week to get you know from there to get back as soon as i get them i refix them and ship them back but it's still with our mail service it could take a you know it could take seven to ten days you know of a turnaround which is a killer when when the geese are near in that prime time this is something that man it takes you might take you five to seven minutes in the field to fix it might take you only two minutes to fix in the field and what a lifesaver that is well i hope that helps you share it with your friends click this podcast and guys 
Always remember, hunt safe, hunt smart. I'm George Lynch with Legendary Gear, and may the good Lord be your guide. Well, I'll be out there, rain is shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough, because that's what legends are made of.